0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to this week's episode of I Told My Stuffed Animals About Us. I'm your host, Alicia.
1: And I'm Ashley.
0: And, um, today, do you want to explain what we're talking about today? It was, it was dealer's <laughs> choice. Yeah, it was
1: dealer's choice. So it was my turn to pick a topic. And something that I had written down on our little list of ideas was religious trauma. We don't actually have to get into our religious traumas today. But I thought it'd be interesting to have a discussion about faith and ideology. I think this is something that like, for me, the older I get, the more I have to define what religion looks Mm -hmm. like for me to people on a really practical level. Most of the time, it's like, with new friends or with guys that I'm dating because they're like, okay, what does it mm-hmm. mean to you to go to church? But also like as I'm church hopping or as I'm trying to figure out like who my faith community is, finding those boundaries has also been something or just even like where do we share differences in like theological ideology versus political ideology like things like that. It's just been something that I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And I know that's one that like we have had similar very views on and we've like done a mm-hmm. lot of, religious growth together, but I think at this stage yeah. in our life, it would be interesting for you, our listeners, but also for each other to, like, dig into faith, life, and practices.
0: Yeah, and this is also, like, I want to say, like, lighthearted. Like, this is not, we're not yeah. here to, yeah. We're not going to preach
1: at you. It's more of, like, a no.
0: autobiographical idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you were born into the church, is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah. So, my, actually, it's kind of a funny story, but my... Parents got married in the Catholic Church because my mom's family is Catholic, and then they weren't super religious until they moved into the house that, like, my first house as a baby. And I think my mom was pregnant with me at the time. And they moved in across the street from a Southern Baptist preacher and his <sighs> wife who were trying to plant a church in Washington. And so they were just like immediately evangelized. Like they just like got welcomed into this faith community, and that's been my home church like ever since. So I was the Mm. first baby born in the church and grew up in Baptist practice. Yeah. So. I was
0: the last sixth grader to graduate from my elementary school ever because they changed from K to six to K to five and I'm alphabetically last.
1: Whoa. That's kind of a crazy fact. You should put that like. I know. On like,
0: uh, two truths and a lie. Oh. uh, Last sixth grader to graduate from (laughs) my elementary school ever. Yeah, I ruined it for everyone else. I was just so awful. They are like, we can't do this anymore. Like,
1: simply, this was the last fucking straw. Like, I can't have somebody else. Which,
0: I'm so certain that I wore, like, a Speak Now dress to that sixth grade graduation. It was a friend's dress that I borrowed. And she was, yeah, she was Swifty. She still is. Mm -hmm. We're not friends anymore. Um, But, like, I don't know... I. It's very likely that she intentionally bought it because it looks like a Speak Now dress because mm-hmm. she had been telling everyone for years and years and years that for her first homecoming she was going to buy a replica of Hermione's Yule Ball dress um and wear that. Um Yeah, she? so no, she did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um but I am not sure why she didn't because we weren't friends. Um but yeah, I wore her dress to graduation, and looking back, I'm like, that, like, was basically, like, the that purple speak now dress. Not the mm. big poofy one, like the... The short one? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like the tour dress?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna describe the neckline, but I actually don't know the word for it, so... It's a halter top. Okay, well, then it wasn't the same dress. I think mine might have been a sweetheart neckline. I don't know. I also don't know what that
1: <laughs> means. Um, Sweetheart is, like, the... <laughs> Like, the, the yeah cover okay. over your tits, and then the yes. halter is the, like, ties behind oh your Oh, my hand. God. I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Some people had boobs at 11.
0: I did, actually. That's oh, this is true. Okay. <laughs> they haven't grown since.
1: Oh. Tough. Do you have bras, like, from middle school?
0: In my parents' house?
1: Yeah. Well, I was, like, this dress that I'm wearing right now is from either 8th grade or 9th grade.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of my clothes, like, I if if they're not... If there's something wrong with them, I just keep wearing them. And then one time, I want to say it was, like, the summer, I I don't remember, maybe early high school, but one of my friends was like, yeah, something weird about you is that, like, you've been wearing the same clothes for five years. And I'm like,
1: uh... It sounds like a compliment that you phrased wrong, actually. It's very sustainable of me to wear the same clothes for five years. This
0: actually happened in church. Oh, perfect. So, when did you start (laughs) going to church? Um... So I was not born into the church, but I would say I pretty much grew up in it because, okay, I mean, I, I have to say it's it's my fault. All of my religious trauma is my fault because um, I remember, like, in elementary school, on Mondays, the teacher would always say, like, oh, tell everyone what you did this weekend or, like, tell the person next to you what you did this weekend. And I noticed everyone, every single one of those white kids said, I went to church. And I was like, what the fuck is church? It's like, no. I don't know what you're doing there, but it seems like something I'm supposed to be doing. Same thing happened with the Pledge of Allegiance. I, like, saw they all knew, it, and I'm like, well, I, apparently I'm supposed to know this, but I don't. Wow. <laughs> um. So, one day in, like, first grade, I think, I, at dinner, asked my parents why we don't go to church, and my mom was like, we well, can go to church. I'm like, cool, okay. And I didn't know this at the time, but, uh, like, at the same, like, simultaneously, my mom had friends who were trying to convert her um, and brought her to, like, Bible study and stuff. And I think she was easily converted. My dad had a lot of hang-ups because he's always been a very spiritual person. Um, a lot of, like, Eastern medicine and, like, Eastern, like, martial arts and that It's all very tied into spirituality. So he had a lot of questions about, like energy in the universe and things so it was it took a little bit longer for him but he was able to reconcile that and I think he's still like actively reconciles like uh, how that works Mm -hmm. um which I didn't realize until like I started to get more into stuff like that and I asked him about it um and I think we have more in common than I had thought like Mm -hmm. in my head as a kid what it seemed like to me was like Oh, he became a Christian and just, like, stopped all of these things. Mm. Um, But that was not true. Um, So, yeah, my parents are baptized on Easter 2007, and we just started going to church every single weekend ever since. I can't fake sleep. I can't real sleep. I can't fake sick. I can't real sick. We're going to church. Um, Yeah. Yeah. When – well – did
1: you get baptized at your home church? And like when what was your like conversion? Yeah. Like
0: Yeah. No. So there are definitely a lot of like altar calls in elementary school and I was like, haha, yeah, but like nobody knows what the fuck it means. Okay. No. Like if you ask a kid to raise their hand, they're gonna raise their hand. Okay. Right. Um but I think uh once I got to middle school I started to think more about it and but it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Until eighth grade, which I like was the start of a lot of a lot of real hardships between me and my friends like dealing with uh, yeah that is just was, I'm not, not necessarily at liberty to say but yeah it mm-hmm. was just like that's when I really started to be like okay um, life is rough are rough. rough <laughs> um, and so then uh, yeah at one of the retreats, either the summer before or summer after, I think summer before, um, was when I, like, had, like, this first, like, spiritual awakening that was, like, serious. And then I was baptized Easter of eighth grade. And um, you know that interview with Taylor Swift where the interviewer asks her if, like, she's like, oh, you're a warrior or something like that. And she's like, yes, I worry about everything. So actually, when I gave my testimony before I was baptized, I said, I've always been a warrior and everyone thought I said warrior. And they're all kind of like,
1: okay, like I guess. That's fine. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um I was actually I got baptized as a kid. I think I was like five or six. Mm. Like I was really little. Oh. And looking back, as somebody who That's works with kids they don't know what the heck they're talking about. No. Like, I don't really know why they did that. But I did the whole, like, our church, because we're Baptists, like, it's very big that you know. Like, you have to do baptism baptizing. counseling.
0: baptizing. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. But you have to do, like, baptism counseling and, like, prove that you yes. know what's going on. And so, like, I did pass all, the, like, the talking points. Like, I, I hit all the oh, marks yeah. about, like, what it means to, like, die and have sin and, like, all the things. But, um, yeah, mine wasn't until middle school either. Eighth grade, my parents were going through some stuff. And, like, my home life was just pretty rough. Yeah. And I was at a camp, a sleepaway camp. And I remember, like, it wasn't even, like, anything profound that happened. You know, like, there's always, like, mm. the, somebody breaks down in tears and, like, yeah. gives their life to God, whatever. Mine, it was just, like, we were the having... drug oxygen. addict stops. <laughs> exactly. They throw away all their needles and we yeah. burn the marijuana and then we inhale all the smoke.
0: <laughs> well, you are supposed to burn yeah, the marijuana. I that, was
1: that was a joke. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um... I need a tone indicator. (laughs) (laughs) Backslash J (laughs) K. Oh, but uh, they asked like, "Oh, like what's changed in your life since you become a Christian?" And I was like, "Er, er, er." like things are supposed to change. (laughs) Like I'm supposed to like practice religion and like do things differently." And so that was kind of like a personal wake up call where I was like, okay, like I want to be different and like I want my life to look different because I was I was an angry child at this point. Um, I am an angry mm. person. I don't know if I'm
0: an like, angry person. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm
1: a very passionate person. How's that?
0: Um, I hate that dimensional snitch to you that I said that you were assertive in conflict. I was like that. But you weren't very, supposed to know that. they are so
1: right though. <laughs> like I very much am. I'm glad
0: they only say like what you get rated high on, because it would be so awkward if they said the low ones. Like,
1: <laughs> like they're actually really a bad person. <laughs> like, you actually have, have no emotional control.
0: have <laughs> rated you low on calm. <laughs> I mean, I'm at 1% ti- – I'm on the first percentile for calm, so that's what- – Oh,
1: but, yeah, that was, like, my big, like, wake-up moment was, like, okay, like, I mm-hmm. think I should probably practice religion and, like – do it for myself um which is kind of a weird thing to say given like where I'm at in my life now I would say because I think that's a conversation I have with myself like weekly where I'm like wait a yeah. second am I practicing religion right now
0: no I I just it's pretty often that I like see someone tweet or like someone just say like mm, I think I need to become religious again <laughs> and I just think that's so funny but It's like also but like real yeah dude yeah. when my mom visited she was like she like brought me up. She was like, oh, I have an extra copy of this devotion book. Do you want it? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, or are you just going to leave it on the bookshelf like you did with your Bible? I'm like, oh, my God. She came for your throat and your Bible. <sighs> yeah. Stop. Um Listen, so like,
1: it's on my phone. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very useful, very um, nearby. So if you had to, like, explain your f-
0: faith or spiritual life now, what would you tell oh, people? <sighs> I mean... I definitely am religious, but it's not, like, this, it's not, I feel weird whenever I say it's, like, not as important to me, Mm -hmm. because let me, let me paint the picture of what I was, like, I, like, okay, well, first of all, I, okay, I will preface and say I was never, like, bigoted or anything, but I was definitely, like, one would call a Jesus freak in high school, Mm -hmm. like, star of youth group, like, I was always volunteering for things, like, to lead groups to I start like started a Christian club at my high school, which now I'm like, that was kind of cringe. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) um, yeah, I went to two youth groups and I was leaders in both and Mm -hmm. I was always volunteering to pray because people said I prayed really well, but it's really just that I am mildly good with words. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I'd say the last two years of high school and like the first year of college, first two years of college actually, I was very like, this is the bi-. do you remember when um after we got accepted to Pepperdine, they like mailed out like this is the line in your essay mm-hmm. that made us choose you. Mine was yeah. like one where I was talking about how like my faith is my faith is the single most important part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um Which, like, at the my mom was so proud of me. She took a picture and posted it all over social media. She put it on the fridge. She told all of her friends. Oh, my God. And, like, I know that that was very true for me then. But now I'm, like, and it's not that I, like, believe any less. But it's just, like, this doesn't have to be this, like, overarching thing for me. And sometimes I miss it. But also I know that, like, it was a weight for me. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like there was guilt, like when you were talking about like baptism class, like I remember like that was like one of the first times I felt like, if not, yeah, it might've been the first time I felt like extreme guilt, like religious Mm -hmm. guilt because, um, and I almost called off my baptism because of it, because, um, they were talking, they like said, like your individual sin is nailing Jesus to the cross. And that like, That was traumatizing, and I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know that I can go through with this feeling so, like, horrible about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone was, like, able to talk through it with me, and we went on. But, like, I even had this revelation, like, this year on Easter. Like, previous years, like, I had always been very emotional on Easter because of this guilt And this year I was very emotional because of, like, gratitude and feeling this overwhelming love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that's really changed and that relieves a lot of the pressure off. So, like, I used to, I don't know if you remember, but the when we first got to college, I think, like, the first time that we wanted to do something on Sunday, I was like, oh, like, why aren't we going to go to church? And you guys said to me, like, oh, we don't have to go to church every week. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we we need to go to church every week. Like, I'm going to fucking burn in hell if we don't go to church every week. Mm-hmm. Um, same deal with the raw cookie dough. A lot of things I learned in college. Mm. Um, I also learned that it is not blasphemous to listen to God as a Woman by Ariana Grande. <sighs>
1: no, it's actually a holy event.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been talking for ages. But, yeah, I'd say I don't feel pressured to, like, do certain things like i don't i used to feel like oh the world is going to i had a lot of like uh like religious obsessive compulsions yeah i had this prayer that i came up with and memorized and would recite for years and years in middle school and sometimes i'd fall asleep before i finished and i'd wake up and be like holy shit like something horrible is gonna happen because i didn't pray for this person last night or whatever and Mm -hmm. i just don't feel that guilt anymore i don't feel that obligation like when I go on planes now, I'm like, yeah, I still pray, but it's not like the plane is gonna crash and we're all gonna die if I don't pray. Right. Um, and like I don't feel any. I didn't go to church for like two months in, in February and March, and I was like, that's that's fine. Yeah, nothing's gonna happen. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just the legalism of religion. Hmm. I think I have a really like weird like, dichotomy when it comes to, like, my religious identity, because I want to still be seen as, like, the girl next door, like, everybody's best mm. friend. Like, I'm cool and chill and, like, not trying to, like, convert you. You know, like, I have a lot of friends like mm. you who aren't religious. Oh, yeah, and I don't try like, to
0: convert people anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, trying to, like, you know, like, this idea of, oh, like, this is what a Christian looks like, and this is, like, and they're bad people, they're homophobic people, or they're this kind of person, and, yeah. like... For a lot of my life, I never had to confront that because I went to private schools and Mm. everybody just was religious. Like, that was the undertone. Like, it was kind of weird if you weren't. And I was always friends with people who, Mm. like, weren't about it. But it was always, like, I never had to, like, justify that part of myself to people. Mm. And in this chapter of life, I'm constantly having to justify myself to people. Mm. And it's kind of like this back and forth of, like, am I cool or am I, like, investing in myself in this religion and, like, putting that first? Because... For some people, like, it's a turnoff to, like, say that I go to church and, like, yeah. and do all these things. And so, um I feel like my faith has always been one that's, like, very, like... <laughs> it's kind of, like, cringe when the girls are, like, Daddy Jesus or, like, Daddy God. Like, where it's, like, that, like, father figure. But I think that's always been, like, the best part of religion to me is, like, mm-hmm. one, the comforting, like, presence of faith and, like, knowing that everything's going to work out. Like, I've always been a very, like, hopeful person. Like, I obviously deal with anxiety mm-hmm. and things like that, but I've never... Like been diagnosed with depression or anything like that, and like I don't know how much my faith is tied to that, or if it's just like my brain cells because obviously those are. It's your brain different. cells. But like I've always like I've just <laughs> never been somebody who like feels like they can't get out of something or like get, like can be that like hopeless. um, so shout out to my brain cells, I guess, but, um, things like that. And then also like the community, like I always like, even when I go home, like my church yeah. friends are the first ones that I want to see. And like the church grown ups who like raised me as a kid, like those are always the people that I know, like want to be at my wedding and will be there for every graduation and like life event. And, um, so I think that's always just been like really critical to like me like keeping myself grounded and accountable and I also love mentorship like I've talked about this before like being a mentor but also like being mentored in my faith and like called to do better has always just been really really important to me but yeah I think this chapter of life has just been me like really fighting between like this is the first time I'm like I have to figure out like how to get people to trust me even though I like am yeah. engaged in this, like, counter-cultural, I don't know, like, because religion sounds bad on paper to a lot of people, and I don't think that's, yeah. like, something for me to disprove, but to, like, find that balance of, like, I want to love people and be authentic to myself and also invest in my faith, and, like, like, I, like, ran away to the tiny house in the woods, and for most of it, I just prayed mm-hmm. and, like, screamed at God, but, like, I can't tell people mm-hmm. that because they don't get it. It's, like, a whole other thing, yeah. so it's it's just, like, a weird place right now.
0: No, I totally get that, especially yeah, like you were talking about like in relationships because like, listen, I know that this is not like the l- like I'm not I'm not what's like I'm not saying that this is true of all Christian men, mm-hmm. but every Christian man I've dated turned out to be a sex offender, <laughs> so um, yeah, we tend to steer clear of that route these days, yeah, and so I I do end up explaining, and nobody's like giving me shit for it. My parents give me shit for it, um, but like. I think a lot of the time, people are just curious how I've reconciled with like every part of my identity and my faith. Like, there's a lot of contradictions with like what is traditionally seen as like. like I grew up in the evangelical church; they wouldn't mm-hmm. admit it, but like it is. It's literally in there. It's it's very weird because the church has evangelical in its name, but they're like, "Oh, we're non-denominational." I'm like, "No, we're not." <laughs> what? Okay. I know it's like silly to think, but sometimes it's like, "Oh, this like is not hip and cool." Mm-hmm. Um But also, I'm like. I Like, I always, every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to church, I always tell people, like, oh, but, like, my church is, like, a bunch of very kind old old people who, like, have lived in Malibu for years and love gay people and students and, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. And I think especially when it comes to, like, where I put my time and my energy or, like, Mm -hmm. how I see the world, even, like, I don't know, like, sex is definitely, like, the area it comes up, like a lot, even, like, I'll talk to my friends, like, we're, like, all sharing, like, virginity stories, and somebody was like, okay, Ashley, and I was like, so, I grew up religious, (laughs) like, (laughs) I have this whole other idea of, like, myself, and my body, and, like, all these different things, and it's, I, yeah, it's just something that comes up a lot in, like, these very specific ways, and I don't think, like you said, like, nobody's ever been, like, yelling at me at the restaurant about, like, being religious or whatever, but, like, I have had friends be, like, so gay people, question mark, or, like, you know, just having that sort of, like, back and forth about what that means, and I I was kind of like you, where I was, like, very, like, legalistic and, like, what it means mm-hmm. to be Christian and, like, what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, and so um I think finding that, like, personal relationship in those boundaries and also finding people who respect understand and share them is just like such a weird grown-up challenge
0: i guess the easiest way to put it is that i'm not i don't like necessarily subscribe to organized religion but Mm -hmm. like if i feel inclined to go i'll go yeah i don't feel weird about it yeah that's fair um what ways do you think religion has been like the most harmful to you Hmm, i would
1: say just like in my sense of Purpose. I think honestly, like I'm very goals oriented, mm-hmm. and something that mm. stresses me out is like, am I doing like my vocational, like mm-hmm. God ordained, yes. yes. sustained, like m- you know mission field, as they say? Like, am I doing what's right for the kingdom of heaven and the like, glory of God? And like, I think that puts a lot of pressure on me in ways mm-hmm. that like I can't still can't articulate because like even like. At Pepperdine, I had this interview with somebody who, like, led some of the Churches of Christ activities, and we, like, had this kind of, like, off-record, just person-to-person conversation at the Mm -hmm. end of it, and he was basically, like, discrediting my job, like, discrediting everything that I was doing, like, remotely, and was, like, trying to be, like, oh, once you're done with this internship, like, you can work in mission field, or, like, here's how you can, like, actually, like, serve... I can't remember his name. I just remember he was, like, the guy who led, um, like, Alpha Omega and, like, one-by-one. But, like, he was, like trying to, like, basically, like, you need a side gig, or, like, you need something that's, like, actually gonna, like, serve God, and, like, do all these things, and that was the first time that I was, like, oh my gosh, like, am I not, like, if my career is not a non-profit, like, supporting mission work, am I a terrible Christian? Like, that's been, like, probably the most damaging, other than, like, you know, body image, and, like, purity culture. What if the
0: disciples was a tax collector, so. Yeah,
1: but he also abandoned his job to become a disciple.
0: But he like became their treasurer, so his skills were put to use. So true. So true. Yeah. For me, it. Uh, yeah. The the. I mean, I've touched on the guilt, but also just like. Uh, you you meet a lot of sheeple. Mm-hmm. Um and, like it's so funny because it literally says in the Bible that you should question God and you sh- or should question authority, and that's mm-hmm. like you get you get told off so much for doing that. Um, and obviously like purity culture was Mm -hmm. so harmful and I'm still like, and it's hard. That's like one thing that's like really hard to explain to people who don't understand it. Like, yeah, like this guy I was seeing who had like, like no religious trauma at all. And I was like, sorry, I'm just like having like a big religious trauma day. And he was like, I just like, what is like, you need to spell out what that means to (laughs) me. And so I did. He was like, that's very interesting. And I'm like, I, this is just like a, oh, sorry. Like, this is just like a daily, sometimes you have to remember, I did not like get, I, I haven't gotten COVID, but it was just an example. Like I didn't get COVID because I like disobeyed God or what. Right. Like I it used to feel like I used to think things were like so transactional. And mm-hmm. it was also like another like obsessive compulsive thing. Whereas like, oh, like, I made this one tiny slip up, and so God is punishing me with this. Or, oh, I did this one thing good, so I'm being rewarded with this. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so, it was so legalistic. I, in one of my youth groups, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here before, but we had to sign one of those contracts and it wasn't even just like a, I'm not going to have sex. It there was a lot, there were like 12 tenants that we had to abide by. And every month we had to pair off with someone. Most of the time it was someone we didn't know. And ex- like self-evaluate on like where did you miss the mark and where and i was there when they're creating the list and he was like asking for feedback and i i like distinctly remember like core memory he was like okay about purity like sexual purity uh no dating until you've conquered lust and if you're in a relationship uh the boundary has to be a, a like a simple kiss and he was like does anyone have any issues with that and i'm like so that ship did sail right a while ago but I'm not going to be the one to tell, you. like, I'm like, because also like, it's, it's very different for a guy to say, Hey, that's n- can't, not possible versus a girl saying that. So mm-hmm. we all kind of just sat there and I just lied every, every month. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, the beauty culture is something that like, I remember getting to Pepperdine and being like, wow, I can show my belly button in public. Like, I don't have to, like, I remember like family, friends, like, coming up to my mom to tell them that my shorts were too short at church, or, like, my dad wouldn't let me wear, like, jeans with holes in them because, like, they were Mm. disrespectful and, like, all this stuff about, like, what I could wear and what I could do and, like, who I could hang out with. And, like, I definitely think it gave me, like, this passion to do everything wrong for a little bit. And I think um, I've had a lot of, like, a journey to be, like, okay, how much, like, what feels right to me versus, like, -hmm. Is me just trying to prove that like I can be this person that like I might not have been had I not been, you know, dragged off stage at chapel when I was 12 because my skirt was too short or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. It's definitely something, and you're right, like the like religious trauma of like, oh, I didn't pray enough today or like, oh, Mm -hmm. do do I need to convert this person before they die or like, what does it mean to like not like give all my money to every homeless person I see on the street every single day because, you know, like just those sorts of things where it's like, i don't I don't know what the right answer is all the time because they've told me that there's only one right answer, and that's just like not how the world works
0: um what was that like process for you like um like having this shift like how did you get to this point? <laughs> how did they turn into a
1: slut and a baddie? <laughs> <laughs> um i honestly, I think a lot of it was me just trying to be like Not left behind from all my peers, like being, you know, somebody who hadn't had a lot of life experiences and like wanted, but I also like am somebody who's always wanted to be impressive and I learned that like Mm. doing things wrong is impressive to people or like being good at being bad is impressive. You know, like I always thought it was very cool that like I could be the smart student but also like, you know, be drunk on the weekends. Like I thought like I was impressing myself with that. And then I was, like, this isn't sustainable, and I actually don't like this very much. Like, that's not what's important Mm -hmm. to me. But I think it is that, like, I want to be not even, like, cool or, like, popular. Like, it's not that I need to be liked. It's just that I need to be on this pedestal of, like, what it means to be hot and impressive. So, um,
0: what about you? Um, during, I'd say it... I think it was starting around before quarantine and then quarantine just like really catalyzed it. Um I was really like questioning a lot of beliefs and yeah, I started listening I, I like consumed a lot of deconstruction um content. Um I listened to Goddess Gray. Uh her podcast was good. She just like retired that not like retired, retired, but like retired from that. Um, and that like helped me to, cause I, yeah, again, like I grew up in a like very bigoted church, Mm -hmm. like devoted sermons about homophobia. And I always need, like from the age of three, when I first found out about, I, I found out about transness before I found out about, yeah. Um, like from, from a very young age, when I first learned about these things, I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. And Hmm. so I'd always felt weird in church whenever they'd say that. And so I did want to, like, reconcile and, like, have somewhere where my the beliefs I had already held and, like, felt were godly, like, would be affirmed. So I was consuming a lot of that content and trying to figure out, like, where that was backed up And Mm -hmm. these people who have studied, like, the ancient languages that Scripture was written in and all these things. And I think, yeah, I was able to come to a conclusion. And, yeah.
1: We love deconstruction. I think that was something that, like, you mentioned, like, your church was bigoted, and I realized mine had a lot of internalized racism in it. And I think just seeing people on the secular side— who were more caring and kind and Mm -hmm. open-minded than my peers that were religious was something that was huge to me. Like, even, like, I, I became an ally on Tumblr because I was like, wait a second, like, gay people deserve rights. Did I think they should get married in a Christian church? That took me a lot longer to be like, wait, actually, yeah, like, all people deserve God's love. But there was just, like, these different moments in my life where I was like, why are these people that I'm around that are supposedly, like, the good? Like, I remember, like, my mom's friends would gossip a ton and, like, mm. only have mean mm-hmm. things to say or, like, be critical of, like, the yeah. white stuff or, like, all these, like, little nitpicky things. And I was like, what do you mean, like, you're the emblem of, like, patience and love and kindness and, like, mm. the blood of Christ? And, like, my friends who, like, I don't know, worship Satan are, like, being better people, like, in their day-to-day life. Yeah. Like, how can they are more patient and understanding and, like fun to be around and so I think that was also something where I was like okay religion doesn't make you a good person it can inspire goodness or like can yeah. create that but it's like it, it was that kind of like intersection too where it was like okay like being Christian quote-unquote as a label is not the same as being good
0: yeah and I also like met a lot of people who found their spirituality and other things like nature and music mm-hmm. and art and that's something that I've always related to like I've it's been easy for me to feel, like, spiritually connected when I'm, like, out, uh, like, by the ocean or, like, in the mountains or creating things. And so I think finding it's – it's been monumental to be able to find God in other places outside of, like, the walls of the church or the book.
1: Well, I think that's what's so great about Christianity. And now I'll get on my soapbox, but it's, like, there – like, it – as much as it is, like, an organized idea, like, based in deep theological understanding and, like, text and such, it really is so personal and so intimate mm-hmm. that I think that's why it keeps drawing people in over and over again, because it's, like, once you experience that kind of, like, love and fulfillment, at least personally, like, it's like a drug almost, like, I'm like, why would I not want to live with that kind of, like... Connection and hope and joy. And I think that it's such a bummer that that's not like the main tie in. Like that's never the pitch. It's always like, you want to not go to hell? You know, it's those guys at the baseball or the signs outside the baseball stadiums being like, repent or turn or like your baby's going to hell or whatever. Like, and I, that's just, it's bullshit. We have terrible marketing in Christianity, but that's, that's its own deal.
0: Yeah, the worst, most toxic fandom is God's Fandom. (laughs) That's our podcast title, actually. The Worst Fandom. Yeah. Calling out the Jesus
1: Fandom. Anti-Jesus freaks. Trigger warning Jesus. So true. Any last thoughts on religion? I am good to move on.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you for indulging my... My yeah. passions of the faith. righty. Everest tour. Ayo. We're back to two shows per city until she goes to LA in the beginning mm-hmm. of October. Uh, whoa. August. Um so last last week on Sunday. Yeah? Okay, yeah. Last mm-hmm. week on Sunday she played hits different on guitar and the moment I knew on piano. Um, very unexpected I did not think she was gonna play Hits Different ever. So slay. It will Happy For really You Chicago. Yeah. Um and then she had two shows for Detroit um yesterday and the day before. So on Friday, she played Haunted on Guitar and I Almost Do on Piano. And then yesterday she played All You Had to Do Was Stay on Guitar and Breathe on Piano. Which yeah. Haunted and All You Had to Do is Stay. Big losses. Big L's. Um, I really, I
1: loved her little intro to All You Had To Do Was Stay, where she was like, um, you guys need to, like, get up there in your upper register with this one. (laughs) I did not see that she said that. That's funny. Yeah, I'll see. I'll send you the video, but she's like, um, so this one has, like, a really high-pitched sound in it, where it goes, stay. (laughs) So she's like, you need to all, like, get in there and, like, hit that note. Like, you've been doing really well all night, but, like, make sure you hit that. And I thought that was a silly way to introduce it.
0: There's only three 1989 songs left. <gasps> um, some people think that once she's done with it, that we're going to get the album. I just don't know. Uh, no, hmm. no. From a business standpoint, and we know at her core, she is a businesswoman. Yes. Uh, that's just not the right move. Um, but the ones we have left are, I know, Places, You Are In Love, and New Romantics. Well, I will the best be for, for all of those. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did this, I sent you the bracket, but I, not, it's not really a bracket, but I found someone who does like, eras tour fantasy football every show, where you like, guess what outfits she's gonna wear and like, what albums of surprise songs are, which I did guess on guitar would be 1989, I, but I guess I know places. Mm. Um, but. What happens yeah, if you get them all right? Uh, prize, money, uh, uh, like, things, yeah. There, there is, there is compensation. <laughs> um and she said on friday for the first time ever someone got zero points but and then the person was like oh sorry that was me i just put new outfit for everything
1: (laughs) i've noticed i like didn't realize this before but like all of her surprise songs go over her 1989 outfits what do you mean? Like her dresses, like the yellow, the green, oh, the red. Oh, what? Like she just wears them over the top of You're joking. the fringe. No, I've been watching videos and I realized that recently where it's like, she what? doesn't fully change out of them. She just puts it on over the top and that's like, that's why she so wears uncomfortable. The sparkly boots. Well no, cause some of them like, they hit, like that, cause you can see the skirt like poking out of the bottom. Yeah. And so I, I think just, they match. Like, oh. she was wearing, like, the yellow dress. Yes, like, she does the match orange. them. So, like, yeah. that's always on. Because the boots, like, yeah. match. But that was something I noticed the other day. I was like, I didn't realize that she literally just throws it on over the top. And she still can't put it on right. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably her dresser's fault. Yeah. Uh, but you had a big music week. Yeah, huge, huge week for music. Oh, my God, Noah Khan Deluxe album. <sighs> I know.
0: I was listening to it. 'Cause I knew like early, Like I obviously I was listening to it throughout the week, but like right before this I was actually like, gonna want to talk about it. Yeah. So but, yeah.
1: Paul Revere. Okay, so I went to the Noah Khan concert on Friday, which is the night he dropped the deluxe album. He had fifteen thousand yes. people at this concert, which was fucking insane. And he played um You'll go far and then he played Orange Juice mm. and then he played Homesick and I was Stop. bawling balling all I
0: always balls. cry when I was into Owen's shoes. Oh my god. Like as soon as I
1: came on I literally tucked myself into a ball in the fetal position. I was standing out on the lawn at the Meriwether Post Pavilion in a ball holding myself and our your emotional support white man was looking down at me like, what is wrong with you? It was really funny, Um, but it was was such a good album, and I think it's, like, charting, which is the first time he's ever charted, Mm. like, on a new-released album, which I think is amazing, because he's a really talented songwriter, and I like seeing a lot of little TikToks that are, like, I'm switching from Swifty to Noah Khan right now.
0: When is he going to be the surprise guest?
1: Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I know places with Noah Khan.
0: Evermore. Evermore would be
1: really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Um. Renee Rapp had her single come out.
0: Yes. Oh my god, I was gagged. Yeah. But like I have to turn the volume down. I get scared.
1: <laughs> it's really good though. I'm really excited for the rest of the album. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It does okay. I love that song, but it make it like gives me a deep unsettling feeling like in my spine.
1: Yeah. Well, because it's supposed to be like about her traumatic experiences, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, like it is supposed to be terrifying in that way, but
0: uh Yeah. Oh, Niall released his album too. Um oh, which okay the so um there's this podcast I listen to that's like a monthly podcast, uh Revelatorium by Katha Rout. And on the April episode she was talking about how like there's always like one new music Friday in the month that like stands out, and that was for sure like this past yeah one. Like we got Noah Khan, Renee Rapp, Niall, um Semler released the new song. Um uh which really, Mary Moore is really big,
1: something too. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, big big new music Friday. Um Love Island UK did start. And I'm like I was con I was thinking about this last Love Island season, but I'm like, I feel like I should like start like a substack or something and just like have like weekly reviews because like there's no one I can like conversationally like say these things to, but I just like there's just so many thoughts brewing in my head, but I'm like do you know how much of an attention whore you have to be to have a podcast and a sub-stack? Like, that's, like, bad. So, I, I don't know. That? Yeah. I did... I actually have tweeted that before. Oh, okay. Well, I'll send it to you, and you can you know, I'll do whatever it. you want yeah, with it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I, like, am annoyed at the viewers, because, like, or at least, like, on Twitter, like, Vargas I guess probably everywhere, but I consume on Twitter, but, like, people are never satisfied. Like, if you get attached to someone, like, within the first week, they're like, oh, like, they're just, like, this is ridiculous, like, you just met, you're playing a game, blah, blah, blah. But then if you're, like, kind of wishy-washy, they're like, oh, my God, you're playing a game, like, stop, like, playing with people's hearts, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, okay, what do you want them to do? Um, And then also, um. Twitter, like, really hates contestants who cry a lot and bring stuff or bring stuffed animals. Mm. Because Molly Mae brought a stuffed animal, and that was, like, everyone was, like, oh, my God, so cute. Because then, like, her and Tommy were, like, this is our child. And now, Mm. like, whenever someone brings a stuffed animal, they're, like, they just, they think they're going to be Molly Mae. And it's, like, okay, shut up. Some of us just, like, can't sleep, okay? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, my Um, marketing ploy to be famous on Love Island is by bringing my childhood stuffed animal. That'll win me
0: votes. So, yeah, things are weird. Men are being bad. I'm, like, I'm mm. not emotionally attached to anyone yet. But I will say, okay, they really, like, did well on the diversity this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a good, I, like, people are, have, like, diverse mm-hmm. tastes as well. Like, this is the first time ever that someone said that their type was dark skin. That has never happened on Love Island before. Huge. Um, but, yeah, of the, like, contestants, that oh, we have our first... Uh, full East Asian contestant as well. Yo. Um, only took 10 seasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. So things are uh, not much to say there yet. Um, and then the last season of Never Have I Ever just came out on Thursday. And uh, this is another thing where I'm like, if I had a sub stack, like I could just like go all in because then I don't have to worry about like spoilers or like whatever. I don't know. But this show has been very important to me because it came out, um, the summer, at, uh, yeah, the summer after freshman year of college. And this isn't a spoiler, but like part of the plot is like her dad died and she's watched him die. And she, at that point, like the show, so it's four seasons. And so it's just her going through high school, like there's mm-hmm. one seasons a year and, I think it's just been like very monumental to like as I was processing my grief to like watch that and like this girl is messy like mm-hmm. so many times I have to look away because I'm like this is off like why did you do that why did you say that but like there's just been like so much growth like in this season like it, you you don't even have to like watch side by side and compare like you can feel how much she's changed and um, I'm I'm conflicted on what they did with the like, which love interest, or, like, that whole arc. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say the one that, the main love interest that she didn't end up with, I think they were concluded very well. Like, they ended on really good terms, and it, like... Mm. And now I'm, like, I need the kind of closure that she got. Like, mm, yeah. That, I get... Someone, if whoever, listener, if you've watched it, please talk to me please swipe oh up. i do have a tweet going viral because never have i ever retweeted it it's at twenty four thousand views right now we're at yeah. 144 retweets and 1044 likes that's pretty good so <laughs> yeah big
1: big slay in the twitter world
0: um yeah. yeah i don't think i have anything other
1: than the music i went to a milky chance and young the giant concert on saturday and milky chance had just a an <laughs> album but i did not really know oh, what milky i forgot chance who milky was. chance was <laughs> yeah when? i know i know one song yeah yeah so it was like fun but um stuffed animal
0: mm. oh i know why you didn't see my tweet it was because you had me blocked when i tweeted it oh wait like way back in the day yeah it was in january oh yeah right, right? yeah okay um, so I, there was a garbage truck outside my apartment, and they had a stuffed giraffe, like, attached to the front of it, and I don't know why. Oh. Oh, it's, like, it um, very... in Toy Story. Uh, I didn't watch Toy Story in full because it was traumatic.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I have um, it's, like, a plot line. I don't know, like, the truckers always have, like, stuffed animals tied to their, oh. like, bumpers or the front of their cars. But, like, they get so dirty. Yeah, it's not, like, a loving activity.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. Um my situationship ended yesterday and I spent like a good like 2 hours crying in Haley's arms holding Eugene. So, um that's my stuff to handle. <laughs> Thanks Eugene. Thanks Eugene.
0: Um my emoji it's like the giggling hand over mouth and mm-hmm. also I think we need to bring the like person sitting in bathtub emoji.
1: This is a bathtub celebrity.
0: emoji? Yeah. There's an empty bathtub and a bubble bath and, and a person Yo, in the bath.
1: I kinda love him. No, I didn't even realize he was there. Um yep. in my recents I have um it's like the gasp face with X's for eyes. So it's like dead but not really. <laughs> and um the the stars for eyes. Nice. Nice. Oh, um, Best believe I'm still bejeweled when I walk in the room. I think that's everything that's going on in my world.
0: Yeah, we can have a little... Oh, um... I need to, like, think of closing thoughts, like, beforehand. Um... Purity culture sucks. Yeah.
1: Don't be homophobic. Putting stuffed animals on the front of your truck doesn't add a whole lot. God is not punishing you. God is a woman. So true. Okay, bye.
0: Okay.